episode 177, Bicycle Built for Two, or not. Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Tony DiLorenzo. And Elisa DiLorenzo. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about doing things on your own, not having to spend every waking and non-waking moment with your spouse. We love hearing from you guys every week and, and just knowing the impact that the One Extraordinary Marriage Show has on your marriage. And so if you want to give us a call, let us know what's going on. Call and yell, we did it because you completed the seven days of sex challenge. We want to hear from you. Give us a call at 858-576-5663. And more importantly, oh, wait, that's not the right number. No, 858-876-5663. Wow. Okay, so scratch the first phone number. <laughs> I, I don't want you calling somebody else. I want you calling us, 858-876-5663. And you know, that's a great way to just reach out to us. Let us know what's going on. Maybe you have a podcast idea mm-hmm. that we haven't touched on yet. Call us and let us know. And some of you may be facing challenges in your marriage, big or small, that you just want to talk to. You know, you want to get insight. You want to get that tidbit of help. Schedule a, an initial coaching call with us. It's very easy. You just go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 20 minutes. We actually give you access to our calendar. So you schedule the time that works for you. And, you know, Tony and I have been doing these calls. It is a great way to, you know, you get access to us, um, which we're hearing from a lot of people. There's that initial, um, that initial shock of, okay, I'm actually on the phone with Tony or Lisa, but then we get over that and we dig deep into what's going on with you guys. So, you know, pick up the phone, call us, get online, schedule an appointment with us. We want to connect with you. You know, waking moments, non-waking moments. We have the same 24 hours every day. And sometimes we fall into the trap of not spending enough time with our spouse. And sometimes we spend or want to spend every waking moment with them to the point where they might feel like they're suffocating. And you know, I call this one bicycle built for two because some of you, some of you know, if you've been listening for more than a couple episodes, that Tony is an avid road cyclist. I mean, this is the guy who would get up earlier on the weekends, who does get up earlier on the weekends to go ride his bike. than he will get up to go to work during the week. It's his passion. Well, I wake up early some days during the week to get on my bike as well. Right. But you don't wait. You get up earlier to ride your bike than you do to go to work. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, on the weekends, uh, and, and here's just a case in point, just real quick. If I'm doing a 100-mile bicycle ride, I like to get on the on the road by 5 a.m. because it's usually about a five-hour ride. I want, And then with some stops in there, it ends up being about six hours. So I want to be home by 11. So that's why I wake up at 5 a.m. To go to work, he wakes up around 7. No. 6.30 or 7. You, <laughs> Honey, it's okay. That's That's what you do in the lifestyle that we've created. But I'm just yeah, saying. That's true. You know, his passion is cycling. And so we've joked over the years, and we've probably even joked on this podcast that one of these days we're going to try a tandem, you know, because my husband loves to ride. I don't ride with him. And to date, I just want you all to know that we have not done a tandem. No. We have not done it. And, you know, the reason I bring up the story is because Tony spends countless hours on his bicycle. 
This is something he is passionate about. You know, he has all the lycra spandex and the cute little cycling socks and the funny shoes and the clips. You know, he there's no old school bicycle pedals on here. I mean, he's got the clips. He does all the balance thing. People have asked me for years, why don't you ride with Tony? It's because that's his thing. It is so not my thing. Um, I, I've seen him, you know, as we're driving down the road where he like sees a cyclist on the road and he's like, oh, look at that guy's form. I'm like, I have no idea. I see a guy on a bicycle. What am I looking at? And, you know, he's just analyzing, you know, what could make this rider more efficient. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I'm getting on a bicycle with him because I can just hear the Elise, tuck, turn, bring your legs in, bring your arms. I don't even know what he says. I just envisioned this whole story in my head. And I know my husband well enough after hiking with him all over Southern California, that it would not be a good fit for us. It would not be a good fit for our marriage. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. Um, I would love to bring in the tandem. I, I feel that if we were to do a tandem, it takes away the drive to compete and work together. It, it's a very together goal centered um, activity. So we're working together to, you know, achieve our goal. If we were separate, oh. it, it's just, it, it's crazy out there. It, it honestly is. Road cycling is crazy. And more than anything, I'd be more protective of what's happening because I just know how um, cars are reacting. And I would be, honestly, I'd be scared for your life more than anything. Oh, did everybody say awe with me? Oh, he's never said that out loud. Usually I just thought it was all the critical stuff. No, it, it's, it's just, you know, there, there's a lot that happens out there, especially here in Southern California. And, um, do I take that on myself? Yes, I do. You're probably listening going, well, geez, Tony, you do that. Yes, I do. But I've also been writing since I was 14 years old. Twenties. You've been riding for a quarter of a century. Well, there are some years that I didn't ride. I know, remember. but but the entire time. Right. Yeah. Wow. So so I, I I have a very good understanding of what's happening around me when I'm on my bike. I just do. It's from spending countless and countless hours out there. So. And so you're asking, okay, great, Lisa. You know, Tony, why are you sharing this bicycle story with us? And it's because we want you to understand that you don't have to do everything together to have a successful marriage. You do have to do some things together, mm -hmm. but not everything. And we want to address this from a couple of different standpoints. And the first one is that I do want to talk about spending time pursuing other hobbies. Now I want to be very clear from the outset. I am not telling anyone to go, you know, run away from their spouse. This is not like I'm going to go explore something with the purpose of leaving you. This is to actually add to your marriage. Having individual hobbies and interests adds a dimension to your marriage, adds a dimension to your conversations because you're not doing all the same thing all the time. Right. You know, so when Tony goes out for a ride, he comes home. I genuinely want to know, hey, hon, how was your ride? Especially if he's coming home later than I expected because then it's the whole what happened out there. Um, you know, how many flats, who got sick, you know, that type of thing. Um, because I do have this internal clock when he's out on his bike that says, okay, if he gives me five, tells me it's five hours, I allocate six at six hours and 15 minutes. I'm texting him saying, where are you? Mm -hmm. You know, which buddy of yours 
bonked, you know, that type of thing. And I want him to have that because here's the thing that happens when he's out there with his buddies or even solo. That's his time. He gets to regroup. He gets to be away from the kids. He gets to be away from the, you know, from me, from our house, from the worries of what's going on in business, from, you know, conversations that he's had that, you know, he's just kind of mulling over and and thinking through. That's his time. And I will tell you that when he comes home from a bicycle ride, he's usually, you know, much, much happier. He's definitely less stressed, you know, unless there's, you know, been one of those automobiles that cut him off or did something. And then, you know, there's that little bit of anxiety that comes with that, but that's his time. And he will tell you that that is his sanity. That's what keeps him tethered to us. That's what keeps him tethered to God because he gets that time. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when he was taking advantage of that and spending too much time on the bicycle. And I will let you all know that we did have a very serious couple of state of our marriage conversations. And we've talked about that in the past, just the, the overdoing of an activity and how it can be detrimental to your marriage. Absolutely. And you know, for me, I've got my girlfriends. There are a few girls nights out during the month that are non-negotiable. I'm like, I'm going out with the girls. It's not like we're going clubbing or anything like that. Like we'll go grab dinner and a movie or we'll go see a show you know, we're all, it's all these couple friends and the gals just get out and and just, you know, it's like, okay, we need a little time away from the kids, away from the house, away from our husbands. And it's just time to build one another up. And you also, Elisa, on those days and those mornings when I'm not getting up early to go riding, Elisa will get up early Mm -hmm. and she'll go out for a 30 minute walk. And that's her time. You know, she'll put on her iPod. She'll listen to her Pandora station and she'll go for 30 minutes. You know, I'm here what, taking care of the kids. If, if it's a, a school morning, you know, I, I'm up and I'm getting them moving so that Elisa can have that time and she'll roll in and, you know, we'll switch and we'll get going. But that that is her time as well. And, and having that time away just to process what's going on, just to think through, sometimes the ability to be out of your home and in the silence of your own space, even if you're with other friends or, you know, like Tony on the bike or me out with my girlfriends, your brain is still working. And so having that time to just be in another place, processing through what life's given you right now, allows you to gain fresh perspective Mm -hmm. on, you know, what's going really well. I mean, you know, there's nothing like getting a group of supportive girlfriends together and somebody's like, Oh, you're not gonna believe what my husband did. And it's this really sweet, amazing thing. You know, it's like Tony saying, you know, I, the reason I don't, (laughs) the ultimate reason I don't want to ride with you is that I'd be scared to death and overprotective of you. That is something I would probably go brag to my girlfriends and say this, you know, and because we're not bashing our husbands, I will be very clear with you. When my girlfriends and I get together, we don't bash our guys. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of an unwritten rule, but it's one that I have no problem enforcing if we start to go down that line if somebody's just having a bad day. Because I don't want to be there. I want to be with people that are supportive of our marriage. And so we just don't, that's who I attract. I attract, you know, like-minded women. And so, you know, I would go just brag on Tony. And then they start bragging on their husbands. Oh, you're not going to believe what, you know, John did. You're not going to believe what, you know, Mike did or, you know, any of this kind of stuff. And so then it becomes this huge, like, well, I want to get back to my husband because obviously these guys were so wonderful. What am I, you know, what am I doing with all you? You know, and it brings that, that fun and excitement to 
back into your marriage where you can have conversations about different things. Mm -hmm. You know, I will tell you, there was a point in time in our marriage where Tony and I, our thing, because he wasn't writing at the time, our thing was hiking. So we'd go to work during the week. And then on the weekends, we'd either do a backpacking trip or we'd hike, you know, sometimes crazy long distances. I mean, we'd go for a 20 mile hike on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then we'd spend our Sundays together. So we really, outside of work, did not have any independent interests of one another. And as much as we enjoyed the hiking time, that was like, that was all we had. And, and so in hindsight, that was really kind of a flat time in our marriage. Because there wasn't any, you know, like we'd grumble about work because we were both commuting ridiculous amounts of time. We were living in Loma Linda commuting to LA and Orange County, LA and Orange County, you know, getting up before the crack of dawn. Yeah. It was like three 30 in the morning, three 30, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to make the commute, to come home at six or seven exhausted to go to sleep, to get up and do it again. And then we just spend all day Saturday hiking together, which was, like I said, it was great to have that time together because at least we were both awake and conscious, but our conversations were dull. Mm-hmm. Like I can't remember. Like I just remember the sensations from that time, from feelings of just being like, eh. <laughs> you know, not like, wow, I can't wait to tell Tony this. Well, Tony's been with me. You yeah. Know? It was just a too much togetherness. And it's not to say you guys can't do everything together. And you, maybe you do. And maybe that's where you're at. But for us, and maybe for some of you or many of you out there, it's just, you need to find those interests Mm -hmm. that make you, you. And that's what this is all about. It's finding those activities or those interests that make you shine, Mm -hmm. that God has put into you that goes, this is my child and this is what they're made for. And maybe you just haven't had time or sought out the time to discover that Mm -hmm. you know let's stop the glorification of busy and take time to just sit down think about what you do enjoy what you have enjoyed in the past maybe when you were just a kid Mm -hmm. maybe when you're in junior high or high school you may have to really go back and think what was it that you enjoyed doing what was it that just made your heart sing you know I'm going to go back to my cycling because I started cycling when I was 14. And then as I went through college, early adulthood, I I stopped doing it. I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. I would just look at my bike and I would reminisce. And I remember a number of times I'd pick it back up or start riding again. But it was when we came here to San Diego that we, um, we were living in our place and I was frustrated. I was really frustrated because I wanted some sort of physical activity and I tried different stuff. Elisa talked about our, our hiking and I did, um, well, I hiked the the Pacific crest trail, which is a long trail from Mexico to Canada. I I took four and a half months off and, and hiked that I did ultra marathons. I did adventure racing. I did all these events. I enjoyed them. The Pacific crest trail. I really enjoyed the shorter things. I, I tried them, but they weren't for me and it's after I just took some time just sitting down talking to some buddies and 
and realizing that, you know what, cycling, that, that was my passion as a high schooler. That was my passion. And so I went on eBay. I bought a cheap bike, you know, just because I was like, man, do I really want to get back into this? And that was 10 years ago now. Then mm-hmm. I progressed. But that was my passion. I had to take time to really look and go, what is it? And I've got to say it again. Stop the glorification of busy. I don't give a rat if you're busy. Stop telling me it. I'm tired of it. You're not busy. You think you're busy. You choose to be. It's a choice. But you're not. I take almost a half an hour every day to do my Goski workout, which is basically lying on the ground and doing these... Exercises. We'll call them exercises. It's, It's hard to explain. But honestly, I take a half an hour almost every day to do that so I can feel good. And it makes me stop. So stop this glorification of busy and find some time to point out, figure out what are your interests. Talk to your spouse about them. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I used to do before we met. You know, is it okay if I, if I go explore this again? You know, I, I, need to, I, I really want to explore this. So I'm going to take Wednesday night. You got the kids, right? Cool. Let's go. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a great conversation to have because, you know, obviously if you're picking up something new, you've got to see how that, you know, everything takes, everything does take time. Oh, sure does. You know, and so it's looking at your calendars together and saying, how, how is this going to work into our lives? Uh, because like I said, when Tony started writing and he was, you know, decided that he was training for these double ma- or double marathons, double, double centuries. centuries, you know, 200 miles, he would have to go out prior to that and you would get up to what, 150 miles? 125. 125. That would be the, the, the farthest large, training, longest, longest yeah. training run. And so, you know, 125 miles takes time when you're on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a Saturday for him. You know, he'd be gone because by the time he came back, he was wiped out and boom, done. And so when he was training for that, we had to have a lot of conversations about scheduling and time and that type of thing and our calendars. And so you've got to have those conversations. The other part of that, guys, is you've got to you've got to check out places where you can connect with your hobbies. I mean, maybe you're into gardening. So you go to the local gardening center and see what kind of classes they offer or your parks and recreation. I know growing up, um, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And our Parks and Recreation Department, I mean, they had classes on everything. I remember I took a crochet class. I mean, they had gardening classes. They had, you know, like kite making classes. You know, get out and explore these things because you may have gotten so focused as an adult on your have-tos, like I have to go to work and I have to clean the house and I have to take care of the kids, that you've let that creative side of you just kind of, you know fade into the background. And the other thing is with kids, you're, you're completely wrapped up into your kids activities. I get it. Totally get it. But you can still find time for you in that. Alex played baseball. I mean, every Saturday we were pretty much doing a a 9am game. Mm -hmm. You know what that meant for us? That meant for me personally, I would get up early and I'd get in, you know, an hour and a half ride. Yeah. I had to get up early and do it. But we made it happen. And some I didn't. Sometimes I, you know, Elisa wanted to get out that morning and go for a walk. So I would hang out, make sure everybody was ready to go, get the kid to, to um, the game ahead of time, 
watch his game, and then in the afternoon I'd get out. But again, I would plan that out. We would plan these out so we understood. Your kids, I get it. Maybe they're too overactivityed, if that's even a word. I don't know. But maybe there's just too much going on, and you need to look around and go, you know what, I want my kid to have fun, but I need to as well. And I'll tell you, I'm selfish when it comes to that. I don't think it's selfish. I think the word is balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. But a lot of people will look at it as being a, 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 selfish, it's a selfish act. A Absolutely. selfish act. Absolutely. And so uh, I'm okay telling my kids, you got one activity a season mm-hmm. because this isn't all about you. You know, I want you to be well-rounded. I want you to be balanced. But at the same time, I don't want them being stressed out either. I don't want to, I don't want to raise stressed out kids, you know? Yeah. And, and the second tool, you know, so you're having this conversation, you're, you're exploring the things that you want to do together or I'm sorry, do individually. The other thing that you need to do, and you know, we talk about this all the time. There's a reason we put it into strip down. Um, the first book that we wrote, it's the top 10 list. And if you want to check out strip down, you can go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash strip down. This top 10 list, this is a gold mine of information. It is. Because, and I tell people on my coaching calls, I'm like, you know, I don't often tell you to be selfish, but when it comes to the top 10 list, this is a purely, the first part of the exercise is purely selfish because you get to write down 10 things that you either want to do, um, would like to try, you know, whatever it is, that's your top 10 activities. Now this serves two purposes especially in regard to this topic. One, it gives you time to think in detail about what you would like to do. Mm-hmm. This is not what you think your spouse wants to do. It's what you want to do. You know, if you want to go like, you know, get a group on and go race at a NASCAR circuit, you know, rate track. Okay. Put it down. If you want to take, you know, a cooking class with Sam, the cooking guy, put it down. If you want to go to the opera, put it down. I don't care. And if you, you know, if you want to put, have sex with my husband or wife on there, put that down. It's okay. This is your top 10 list. Now with the top 10 list, you've got a launching off point for those things that you might want to do without your husband or wife, because really Sam, the cooking guy, he's a, um, well, actually he started here in San Diego. He still lives here in San Diego. Sam, the cooking guy is big out here. Everybody knows Sam, your husband or wife may not be into the cooking classes. They're just happy with whatever you put on the table. Okay, maybe you're getting your girlfriends together to go see Sam the Cooking Guy. But farther down on the list, just because of how you wrote it, is go and see musicals, like what happened with Tony and I when we first did this exercise. And your husband or wife has go see musicals on their list. Guess what you're doing the next time that you're going out together? You're going to see a musical. The top 10 list serves two purposes. And you've got to tap into spending 10 minutes, the, the 10 minute investment. And for some of you, it'll take you three minutes to put this down. And just to be really clear here, you cannot put se- have sex with my husband or wife in every single, um, slot slot. Thank you, honey. You know, y- you can put it once, you know, I just coaching a woman last week and she's like, well, I know what my husband would put. He'd put fishing. I'm like, no, it does not count. If he puts fishing in 10 different locations, it's still, that's still just one item. He's got to yeah. come up with nine more. You know, but, but use that list to really figure out what you want to do and to look at your husband or wife, because they may actually look at your list when you guys get to the point where you're swapping lists, because that's the second part of the activity and see things on there that they're curious about. Mm -hmm. 
And all of a sudden, if you, when you are choosing to do those activities together, you're looking at your top 10 lists and you're not just doing dinner and a movie. You're going to the cooking class or maybe you've got a husband that won't do a cooking class with you, but likes to, you know, be out at the barbecue, you know, so you find a grilling class. And so it kind of taps into both those sides. You know, you get creative with it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a wife that loves antiquing and you like, you know, old typewriters. Or actually, I had a girlfriend that loves old cameras. You know, so for her and her husband to go antiquing, you know, she can be looking at the old cameras and, you know, he can be walking around the stores. So it allows you, you know, and then you're coming together and it's not like you're doing, you know, the exact same thing because you're like, look what I found. Look what I saw. We've got, a, you know, a friend in Arizona. She loves bird watching. Her husband stays home with the kids. She comes home and talks about, you know, the different birds that she saw. You know, different activities, same activities, but you get the, you get this excitement, you get this encouragement, you get this adventure going on in your marriage. And folks, marriage is an adventure. It is one of the craziest adventures mm-hmm. that you will ever in your life be on. Because you never know what's coming around the next corner. And, and so fostering uh, fostering these activities that you build into your marriage, both together and individually, brings so much creativity to your marriage. And I just, I have to share, we had dinner um, with some friends the other night. Mm. And it, the husband is, as Tony you know, said, it's for having dinner, truly a renaissance man. This guy has been an inventor. He's just, his brain is amazing. I mean, he's, he's written lots of music for many of artists that you could think of. Um, a sculptor. Oh. Yeah. Just an amazing individual. I would say one of the, one of the true Renaissance mans that I have met um, in my lifetime. And when we first met him, we knew him because he has a, a medical practice. Mm-hmm. Um, treating neuromuscular, uh, yeah, I, I can't explain it. Um, it's so cerebral, but it ta- it eliminates pain. And Tony knows because he's I've gone had there. the treatments there. And so we walk into his backyard, and he's got these sculptures, these crazy, amazing sculptures that he's done. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, you know, I made that. And I'm thinking, I don't know anybody in our circle that is a sculptor. Mm-hmm. And you know, so we're talking about him on the way home, and I realized that. What makes him so cool <laughs> is that here's a guy that, you know, entrepreneurial, has his business hat on all the time, but has allowed this creativity, this other side of his life to take root and flourish. It's not an all or nothing one way or the other for him. He's able to do both. And by, by having these activities that you guys do individually and together together, it's allowing those different parts of your marriage to grow and flourish mm-hmm. to, to have those conversations about, Hey honey, how was your cooking class today? You know, all of these different things. And so you've got to, you've got to embrace that. You've got to embrace the idea of spending time together and spending time apart because you know, there is that little absence makes the heart grow fonder. It also gives you different things to talk about. You know, and so as you're going through your week, have the conversation with yourself. What if, what would I like to try? Get stripped down and look at the top 10 list and really 
you know, spend 10 minutes being selfish. Mm-hmm. Dig deep into like Tony said, what you did when you were a kid or what you've always wanted to try, but you're like, oh, I mean, like when we did trapeze a couple months ago, I, I can tell you as a kid, I never wanted to be a trapeze artist. I now watch trapeze videos and I'm like, oh, that's so cool because I know all the work that goes into it, you know, but step out, step out, find that tandem bike and go ride together. But don't be afraid to get on the bike by yourself and just go, you know, to where, you know, where your legs will take you. Both of them work in marriage and both of them serve to make your marriage stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, and I can't wait to hear some of those things that you've decided to explore on your own and some of the new things that you're going to do together. So I hope, I don't hope, I'm asking you at the end of this, uh, on the podcast page, on the the Facebook page under the podcast, put down some of those activities that the two of you have decided to explore together or things that you've decided, you know what? I wanted to do that when I was five. I've never done it. What's on that bucket list? What are those things that you're going to try in this next week? Yeah. And as we close up for today, I want to thank all of you for the reviews and the ratings on iTunes. And we got one recently and I want to share it with you. And, uh, this person said, love them five star Ishi 1010. What an amazing encouragement to marriage everywhere, practical and honest discussion coupled with humor and God centered focus. They don't sugarcoat marriage and the struggles that come with it. What a blessing and sobering reminder that every day is a choice to love your spouse and accept responsibility for your actions within your marriage. I couldn't say it better. Honestly, you have in three sentences said what One Extraordinary Marriage is all about. And I want to thank you, Ishii1010, for sharing that. If you want to get in touch with us, folks, 858-876-5663. We'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear what you are doing in your marriage. We'd love to hear the we did it. Seven days of sex challenge. You know, we've done that. And you can just call in. You can scream in. We did it. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to get on with Elisa and have a coaching call, maybe there's something in your marriage that you need to have clarity on, some focus. You can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 20 minutes. That will get you started, get you set up. You'll get a questionnaire that you need to fill out. And that is imperative to do because it allows her to really dig down and deep into what's going on. All right, you guys. You have a fantastic week. We love you, and we will catch you next time.